What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Pro Wrestling Edge. We are back with another great episode. I am Brokowski, and we have a great weaponized episode for you guys today. Fellows, mm-hmm. I have Jaybird flying in with me. What's happening? Tweet, tweet, boys. Let's get weird. The name's so nice, you gotta say it twice. Nick the Gooch. Nick the Gooch. What's happening, bro? You know what it is, man. Just here to do the thing. How you guys doing? Fantastic. It's a great day. And always, Dan O'Mac, what's happening? So what's up, fellas? Um, I'm excited for this one. Um, Jordan, there's sometimes you pass and sometimes you fail. And that uh, that analogy was definitely a fail. But we still love you. Um, Sorry, I don't judge you all the time, but I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm fucking with you, okay? (laughs) So joining us is the master, weaponized Alex Weir. What's up, man? What's up? How are you guys doing today? Also, I, I do have a question for you guys. Uh, how long did you guys take coming up with those puns for the intro? Um, <laughs> he even got you on that one. <laughs> Dude, I, every episode, every episode, I try to think of one with everybody's nickname that comes on. And you went with... I, I, just, I just got out of the shower, so I, it came to me when I was in the shower. I was like, oh. You were thinking about me in the shower? <laughs> a little. <laughs> I think about everybody in the shower, man. It's 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 a good time. Yeah, now, now Alex has finally been introduced to Jaybird. Um, everyone's gonna have some questions for you, Alex. We're excited for it to get here. I'm gonna turn it over to Nick the Gooch. the Gooch. What's going on, man? So here at Pro Wrestling Edge, we like to really dive deep into the wrestler and who he is outside of wrestling himself. And one question we always like to ask is. How did you develop the love for wrestling and when did it start? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, question, you know, you pretty much get asked that all the time. So it's kind of nice to always have that preloaded answer. And mine's probably going to be similar to literally probably everyone else's. But uh, just growing up watching wrestling with my dad, um, that was always like our thing. Sorry, I'm on my MacBook, so the texts keep chiming in. Uh, you know, when you're famous like me, you get all the text chiming in. Uh, <laughs> um, but just watching uh, wrestling growing up with my dad and having those play wrestling matches growing up, and you know, there's countless pictures of. Actually, what's funny is that um, I'm I'm a hoarder. I'm not really a hoarder. I'm a procrastinator. So there's like like boxes of my childhood possessions in my trunk because I just am too lazy to take them out. And one of those is a box of toy WWE belts. And every road trip I go on, Tommy Vendetta grabs one of them and will hold it the entire car ride. So just recently, he was WWE uh, tag team champion, like the old school ones when uh, um, Eminem were champions, like those belts. Yeah, the good belts, not the crap they have now. Yeah, the the gold-plated ones that uh, really look sweet. So we know you're a bit younger than us. So was it just WWE growing up or did your dad have like archive videos, old school WCW or anything like that NWA footage or. I know it was a, it was pretty much new school um, growing up. And I remember the first WrestleMania I watched was a WrestleMania 22. um, When Rey Mysterio won the world heavyweight title. That was my, that was like my first moment of, Man, I love wrestling. Um, what was what's funny is that my favorite wrestler growing up was the Ultimate Warrior. Um, because we watched like a documentary on him one time. I'm like, oh man, this guy's awesome. And um, I st- I still watch Warrior tapes to this day. And as I grow older, I'm like, bro, why do I like why did I like him? Like everybody else I like growing up makes sense to how I wrestle, and it's just randomly Ultimate Warrior is just the one guy I throw on my Mount Rushmore. That makes no sense. Um, and that kind of leads into the next question I had for you was uh, growing up, who were some of the, the childhood heroes in wrestling that may have inspired you, you know, in your wrestling career, as, you know, as far as your gimmick or how your moveset, how you go about your, your matches? Yeah. Um, obviously, I just said the Ultimate Warrior. I wouldn't say the Ultimate Warrior inspired how I wrestled. I just, as a kid, I loved him. Um, but, uh, definitely like what inspired me wrestling was Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, all the littler guys. Um, when I started watching impact AJ styles, uh, the motor shit, uh, sorry, the motor city machine guns. I'm dyslexic. So I, I fuck words up all the time. It's cussing. Okay. By the way, you can say whatever the fuck you want, Alex. (laughs) I, well, I, you you guys had Adam. So I guess I should have just known. Um, (laughs) Yeah. His mom was very disappointed in him. Uh, that's, that's. 
usual. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like looking at the Motor City Machine Guns growing up and AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Ray Mysterio, like all those guys, the smaller guys um, who were out there killing the game were always my uh, my dudes, my the the dudes I loved growing up. Uh, do you take anything from those guys and incorporate it to your style of wrestling, or is it just just something that you just try and go about and be an individual with your style? I mean, I did used to do a springboard forearm, so um, and I did, I did a Pele kick on countless occasions, and it's not like I just was like, "Hey, I'm gonna randomly do it." Like, no, I watched Styles do it, and I was like, "Oh shit, I can do that!" Like, let me just backflip and kick somebody in the head. Uh, but no, definitely like a. Uh, Growing up, I always wanted to like be a high flyer and do the things that they did. Um, but uh, and then when I got into wrestling, I watched Styles immensely on literally everything he did. Like uh, if if there was somebody who really inspired me, just just like while I was training, was AJ Styles and AJ Styles and Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Uh, my trainer was a huge Motor City Machine Guns guy. Um, so obviously I became a Motor City Machine Guns guy because I was like, oh, I watched these guys growing up. He's like, oh, cool. We'll watch them deeply now. So watching them and AJ, like that's what really kind of developed my style, the way I move, the way I carry myself in the ring, um, kind of all builds off of that. Uh, you mentioned your trainer. Um, when the day came that you decided this is what I wanted to do where was the school that you actually decided and what was the reasoning behind choosing that specific school? Yeah. So this is, this is my fun fact trivia because I trained somewhere where nobody else trained. Um, there's maybe one other person who wrestles right now in Michigan and one other person who does it, who's trained the same place I have. Um, but I trained with a guy named Andrew Darcy at the blue water wrestling Academy. Um, the reason I, I trained there was uh, my parents owned a karate school. They still do to this day. Um, and one of the parents of our students held this wrestling fundraiser. It was called Extreme Bombshells of Wrestling. And we, we went there to watch it because, you know, me and my dad being wrestling fans, we're like, oh, let's go check it out. They've got uh, Jillian Hall there. Let's see it. And then the, we talked to Andrew. His name's Andrew Darcy um, after the show. And he's like, well, I'm looking to start my school up. And my dad was like, I conveniently have a back room. So um, when I turned 18, I just trained to the back of my parents' karate school in the ring that we had uh, with Andrew. Oh, yeah. So you go through training, you make your debuts, you're no longer, uh, you know, the, a greenhorn in the business. How did it come about to be to, for how did it come about to be you being a part of DTA? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, one, I'm still a greenhorn. You, you never hear never not be, uh, green. I'm still green as shit. Um, I just I just know how to shut up. <laughs> uh, that's. Um, but, uh, being part of DTA. So I met Aaron, um, one of my first two months of wrestling at a fair. That's when I met Aaron. And then I reconnected with him a couple months later at a CIW show. And, uh, we were just kind of jamming watching. Um, he was like, Oh, I feel like you'll appreciate this. He points at me. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Um, is it like after a couple months I've been working too. And he shows me like this footage of super kicked. Cause at that time we were like, Oh, we want to get that. He, I want to get there. And I wanted to get there too, after he showed me that video. And uh, what I didn't know is that he had been watching my stuff uh, since he had met me. And uh, he had me that day. He's like, Hey, I need help with a gimmick. I need you to do a run in. Um, funny, fun fact. That same day is the same day I met Adam wick. Um, he was going under a different name at that time. That's when I met him. Um, but we did a run in, uh, beat up Jack Price, which was another funny thing it was like, I ran in on Jack Price and Xavier Walker. And then after that, I like just messaged him. I was like up his ass, honestly, to an annoying level. Like, Hey man, what do you, what's the idea? What's the thing? He's like, Hey, I'm going to have you come in and wrestle the next show. I'm gonna have you wrestle Jack Price. And we're just going to see like how I did. And, um, I wrestled Jack and it was, it was a really good match for where I was at wrestling wise. And I just kind of like, I just kind of kept with them and it just, Aaron's idea was always to bring me into Death Threat Army, but uh, I didn't know that. Um, I just kept thinking I was just, you know, trying out after trying out. He was like, no, dude, you're just a part of this. And then once it was that, we were like, cool, let's build the brand. And uh, that's why I always call me, Jack, and Aaron some of the OGs in the Midwest. Um, because, like, there was a time where it was just me, Jack, and Aaron carrying this brand and grinding it to make it something. All right. 
Well, yeah, it's not said a whole lot, but I am a big DTA fan and I love how you guys all work together, whether you're as a team or if you guys are in a match against each other and it's the chemistry you guys have. It's absolutely amazing. But uh, on that note, I'm going to pass it off to my buddy Brokowski over here. Well, hold on. I got a question. I I, want to ask a question. How the fuck do you come up with the name Nick the Gooch? <laughs> Finally, somebody else asked them live on air. Yeah. <laughs> like we're we're talking about. I mean, like we got dude Tweety Bird who looks kind of like a bird, um, and then we've got Nick <laughs> the Gooch. And I'm like, why really the fuck do we all knew the Gooch? Dude, it is the dumbest fucking story. You know, teenager goofing off. You know, little stoner walking back to a room, and uh, a friend's mom of ours was thinking she was going to be a little smart ass and try and kick me in my ass as I'm walking through. And mid-step, she missed my ass and kicked me right in my gooch. Well, that led to a game of hangman of me saying, my fucking gooch hurts. So from that day on, my name has been gooch. And it's been, fuck, 20 years, just over 20 years now. Okay. I like it. I like that there's like an actual like story to it. Like It's not like, oh man, I just... A funny name and rolls off the tongue. Like there's an actual story to it. Oh, it's the first time I've actually heard anybody say they 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 like they like my nickname. It, it, I, I called myself Gothaby in fifth grade because I wore black and my teacher called me a goth wannabe. And that still is some of my passwords today and usernames. So I get it with uh, stupid ass childhood nicknames. I like that. I like at least I'm not alone on this dumb nickname shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brokowski, brother, what you got, man? Brokowski. And not only are you a badass in the ring, you're a badass outside of the fucking ring as well. As you touched on, your parents have a karate school. And uh I kind of did a little digging on your Twitter there, and you're some badass shit, man. You're a fourth degree back black belt master. So does mm-hmm. that make you a, a teacher and a student or yeah, so let's all break down to. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing Tung Shudo, the ty- the style of martial art I do. I've been doing that for about 16 years. I've been teaching Tung Shudo for about 11 of that. Um, right now, I am a fourth degree master rank. Uh, when you hit fourth degree black belt, you get promoted to master. Um, and right now, yeah, I'm an active teacher. I took a break from teaching for a bit when I was like kind of just like becoming 21 and decided to just get drunk instead of doing anything else with my life. Um, <laughs> But like now that I'm, you know, an old man, uh, <laughs> I am an active a karate instructor here at Allen Park um, for my organization. Uh, I help I help out majorly, like I'm a part of the corporate side of our karate organization because we're a really huge karate organization. We spread across the U.S. We have like 40 schools in Michigan, two in California, like it spreads out pretty well. Damn. And I'm part of the corporate side of that as well. Um, so martial arts is like obviously it's it's a huge part of my life. I have two tattoos literally in Korean because of martial arts. Um so obviously it's a huge, huge thing to me. So we got something there we go. No, you're good, man. Actually, while you're on your tattoos, I was gonna ask you this anyway. What what does that stand for? What does that mean? So this one uh on my chest, I'm not gonna flash you guys, but the one that flares on my chest is Tong Sudo. That's the other one that's on my tights as well. Um, okay. style martial art. The one that's on my arm, the two symbols means master. Um, so I got that into reference to my rank. And like, I got that as kind of like, yes, this is my rank being a master. But then when the, the nickname, the master started to come around, I was like, okay, this is kind of like who I am. Um, so I'm going to get this tattoo too. I'm going to get it in Korean. So like nobody can fucking read it. Uh, you know, so it's just like, just for me. Okay. Okay. I was to say, is it, uh, is Tung Sudo kind of a Korean style martial art or. Yeah. It's based, uh, based out of South Korea. Um, it's, a, it's very similar to Taekwondo. It's just more of a traditional versus sporty. Uh, Taekwondo is a very sporty, flashy style. Tung Sudo, Tung Sudo has its flash and I do a lot of the flashy stuff, but it, the roots of it is a very traditional martial art. Now, was this just you uh, got into it because it was what dad did, or did you actually have fall in love with that at a young age because of your dad? Oh, I was um, actually, I was nine years old, and there was a flyer for an introductory karate school, uh, karate class. Um, I was bullied immensely because I was like three foot two. Um, I don't know why, I just, I was short growing up. Hence why Ray Mysterio and Jeff Hardy were like my favorite people, because I was always a small guy. And uh, 
so I was nine and I told my mom I wanted to do karate. And then uh, for that introductory class, they were told that parents train for free. So me, my mom, my sister, and my dad all started at the same time. Um, oh. We've actually all come up through the ranks. Um, my mom had to stop training at third degree because she had some health issues. But me, my dad, and my sister actually all tested for our fourth degree master belts together. Uh, and we remain the same rank to this day. That's pretty badass. That's pretty badass and phenomenal. And sweet that you guys did it as a family too. Yeah. Um. Now, just recently, you won a gold medal in uh, like it looked like some kind of freestyle version of it. Uh, do you? There it is, right there. Ooh. Hell yeah! Got the blast. So, okay. So the reason, so there, there's a backstory to why I, I post this literally everywhere, and it, it. So when you become a master, I've been a master since 2019. You are not allowed to com compete anymore, uh, in our tournaments. In our tournaments, I can go open circuit now that I've gotten approved, but in our tournament, you're not allowed to compete anymore. Um, so we recently just had a seminar and in there we were doing a black belt fighting competition. Um, and I asked my like head dude, I was like, Hey, can masters compete in this? It's not an official tournament. It's just a fighting tournament. And he was like, are you going to compete? I said, yes. He's like, then yes, I'm going to allow you to compete. Um, and this is actually my first ever gold medal I've ever gotten in a fighting competition. Uh, and I got it when I was a master after I hadn't competed for two years, I went in and then, um, I won against the, like, I have students cause I train out of school, but like, there's just this one kid that I've put like my heart and soul. His name is Nathan Frazier. Um, he's my best friend and I, I train him all the time. And I, my last fight was against him. So I beat him by like the skin of my teeth. Um, and he always says he lets me win, but he knows better. Uh, so that's why, like, when I won that, that shit went everywhere because I was like, bro, ah, I've actually fucking won it because everybody was like, you're a master. You can't fucking lose. Like, all my friends were like, you can't lose. You can't step in out of retirement into competition and get your ass beat. I was like, all right. Um, and I didn't. So that was uh, it was really cool. But I have that. I have that gold medal sitting on my desk next to some of my other ones as well. So have you, you've been uh, competing for a long time then? You had a little break period in between, but for a while you've been competing? Yep. Uh, I've competed at pretty much every one of our tournaments uh, that we had. I've competed in two world tournaments, one in Malaysia in 2015, and then one in the UK in 2018. Um, I'm the only, only actually member in our karate organization to have two gold medals in a certain event. It's called Team Forms or Synchronized Forms. I'm the only one to hold team uh, two gold medals for USA. Uh, it's a little fun fact, karate side. Um, so I've competed in two world tournaments and yeah, I've competed in multi, like every one of our tournaments since I could um, in our regular organization. Now with winning those world tournaments, could you have possibly pursued an Olympic career in this? Um, so Olympics is Taekwondo. Um, so could I have? Yes, but I would have had to like, train at a taekwondo school and being at my rank i could walk in and get a black belt because that's kind of how they do things um could i have done taekwondo yeah but honestly dude i don't like the way taekwondo spars um and also the olympic bro fuck the olympics man i have i had um sorry it's it's linked to my girlfriend's phone too so i'm about to yell at her to be like answer her phone um but uh um no i just i i had friends who were in the olympics and uh they like told me their training schedule i was like fuck that bro i i'm glad i don't do that and i did just my world tournaments instead that's pretty badass that's really cool that you got you had a, you could you uh won it went to malaysia uk and fucking came out on top bringing it home for the u.s i love that that's badass now when you won that gold medal, as you were saying with uh with your friend there, you had a badass suit on, and I know you're a fan of some badass kicks. So, what's your favorite pair of shoes that you got in your collection? Oh, um, hold on, I've got them next to me, so I'll I'll just fucking <laughs> um probably my favorite ones are the Paul Georges that I was wearing. These Paul George fives just because they match the USA colors. So I have a USA track suit that really goes well with this on top of my like actual karate uniform because our black is midnight blue to symbolize we're never done training. So the midnight blue of the Paul Georges goes really fucking well with it. Um, so I can literally wear this with everything martial arts related. 
Plus, I don't ever wear shoes that I can't kick somebody in or defend myself in. And these work perfectly for that because they're lightweight and they fit really tight to my foot. How many pairs you got in your, in your uh, stock over there? So far, I only have three. I just started becoming a sneakerhead. Like, just started okay. Okay. Like a couple weeks ago. Um, and I've already dumped way too much money into it. So, because I tried a long time ago and I bought a pair of Jordans and I was like, you know, I'm going to try to get into it. Cause I've always liked fashion and I just couldn't wear them because they weren't tied to my foot. And since martial arts is my only personality trait, I was like, dude, I can't defend myself in these. So I didn't ever wear them. And I wore like these stupid ass fucking loafers because they were tied to my foot. And then I went to the store one day and I was like, Hey, I'm just going to try again. And I found the Paul George's and they fit so well. And I was like, dude, I think I figured it out. And so like, I figured out what kind of shoes I like. I started talking a bit more to the people about it. And now I'm hooked. Now I'm like all over it. Like every day I'm at work or like when I'm chilling, I'm on like the Nike app, seeing which one's my next like prosper. Um, And then, yeah, I'm throwing them on my Instagram stories to be like, Hey, Christmas is coming up, you know, support your boy. Yeah. I've I've seen you put some polls up on, on uh, what should be my next pair I buy. (laughs) Yeah, and I bought no, none of those are the ones I bought next. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. Thanks for telling me that. I'm actually going to buy this other pair that I found. Um, but thanks for the ideas. Yeah, it's an addiction. You can definitely fall in love with doing that. I personally wait till Black Friday, and then I go out and buy my sneakers. And you always get them at great prices. <laughs> but I'm going to pass it over here to Jaybird and let you talk to the bird for a little while. We tweet. Tweet, tweet, man. So I see you got a, uh, a Twitch stream, man. I do. What yeah. uh, what system you rocking? Uh, I I Twitch off my PS4. Nice, very nice, very nice. What's your go-to game? Uh, my go-to game um for Twitch for streaming, I it's usually Call of Duty right now. Um, I've been stepping back into Call of Duty. I used to, uh, dude, when I was growing up, I was a ner- I was a nerd. I was Call of Duty all day after school logging on with my friends um and uh so and that but like in that when i got older i was like dude i can't play this anymore because i'm getting way too angry um so i'd like stop playing for a while and i picked it up again and sure enough like i remembered i remember being on a stream and just talking the entire time like hey this is why i actually quit this game this is why i quit playing this game because i'm getting mad i'm not having fun I'm getting visibly angry, but I can't fucking stop. Um, so that's been my go-to game. I did do Overwatch for a long time because I like that one a lot a lot more just because it's a little bit more – I'm less competitive with that one. Um, there's, there's a lot less bullshit in Overwatch than Call of Duty. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Also, seen you're a Star Wars fan, man. Are you, uh, you the light side or the dark side? This is what I waited for. I know what he's grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's going to grab. <laughs> I, I don't know who told you that I was a Star Wars fan. Uh, I don't know where you get that idea uh, from. This is just one of like six I have. I had I pulled my other one out, but I forgot I'm missing batteries to this one. Not pissed. Um, and they're not oh, all God, in this room. That. I have them spread out. Every time my friends come over, they get drunk and start lightsaber battling, and I have to go and find go find them <laughs> um but yes no i'm a huge lightsaber when it comes to like good or bad be- like sith or jedi uh i'm definitely more of a jedi like i know the uh the edgy people like to say sith but i was like dude fuck that bro like i ain't working for palpatine's wrinkled ball sack <laughs> have you seen ahsoka hell yeah like I'm, I'm going jedi side nice nice very nice and i heard you got the double uh saber there do you do though do you uh do your moves with that thing every now and then yeah i do um every time like I, there's like a demo or something or like if there's star wars coming up i'll do like a little thing with the double bladed lightsaber just because bow staff is my weapon of choice um when it comes to martial arts so double sided saber comes pretty easily to me um i mean on top of i'm also a swordsman so like the regular saber just comes, i'm just a flashy dude so <laughs> How'd you find Star Wars? Uh, it's my dad too. My dad uh, made sure that I was a Star Wars and just, yeah, I, I love Star Wars, man. I So which made... one's your favorite one out of the four, Sorry. five, and six? Okay. Out of four, five, and six, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. I was more of a Return of the Jedi fan myself. Okay. 
I thought you were about to ask me a controversial question because I have a controversial opinion that pisses a lot of people off. But the last no, Jedi, no, wait, no, no, I don't know. Let's say, let's say, the Last Jedi is probably my top three favorite Star Wars movies. Um, See, I think that goes, movie gets a lot of heat. It goes: no Empire reason. Strikes Back, was- Revenge of the Sith, The Last Jedi. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because the last Jedi got a bad rep because it was it was released now. If it was released at the same time as the prequels, it would have been fine. But um, because it was released now and everybody's a cynical asshole, they have to find everything to hate about it. Um, but if you sit back and you just watch the movie and you listen to the narrative it's trying to tell you, it's a great fucking movie. Um, but it's it's everybody, they wanted something to happen. It's the same fucking thing when you watch wrestling and you want something to happen and then it doesn't. And you're like, man, this fucking sucks. Like, no, bro. Like, you don't fucking control Star Wars. <laughs> it's it's made for your entertainment. It's made a movie the way it wants to be made. You fucking sitting there paying your $15 a ticket talking about how you paid for the Bro, you paid $11. Dude, George Lucas fucking shits that out of his heel bro like he don't give a fuck about your movie ticket he definitely don't give a fuck about your tweets dude he's rolling in the fucking money he's making so no people just hated the last jedi because it came out in the year where everybody hates everything um but no i think it's one of the top three best star wars movies of all time cinematography wise storyline wise acting wise pristine did you watch uh clone wars and rebels yes Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. Bro, when it comes to Star Wars, if you ask me, did I? Yes. Did I watch? Yes. Did I watch the Lego Kid holiday specials? Yes, I fucking did. Yes, I did. Bro, I, I tell, if you want this to turn into a Star Wars interview, how much time you got? It'll be, I'll be here for three hours and I will not shut up. And it's bad. Oh, my God. Amen, man. Amen. So, what was your uh, favorite saga out of the three? One, uh, two, or three, four, question. five, or six, or? That's a great yeah. question. Um, honestly, because I watched Clone Wars, the prequels. Oh, nice. Clone I Wars really Clone does Wars. tell. Yes. It goes so yeah. deeper into it. Builds, it, really it builds more it. emotion to everything. And then it's like, man, Anakin, you dick. Um, right. <laughs> and it's just, it makes you want to like watch it even more and tell him to be like, no, don't fucking do it. Um, right. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. But uh, all right. So we hit a lot of uh, hobbies you got, but what, what other hobbies do you have besides martial arts, Twitch, Star Wars? You got anything else hiding in there? Yeah, I mean, I tell you, martial arts is my only personality trait. <laughs> um, I, don't really any, I don't really have any hobbies. Like everyone asks me, like, what do you do for your hobbies? I'm like, what do you do when you're not working? Um, <laughs> like every time, I, honestly, like in my downtime, I'm either playing video games just to relax my mind and escape from the world. Um, I'm making TikToks. I love TikTok. I will die by TikTok, the app. I make TikToks. I don't give a fuck what Jason Hotch says about them. Um, uh, but other than that, dude, I just like, uh, that's just that's just who I am. I watch a lot of anime too. I am a huge oh. anime nerd. I don't what are you, you watching can, now, man? I don't know if you can see my Death Note hoodie on. I've got my Death Note hoodie with my death note by my desk, my fucking kunai that I have based off of Naruto. Um, what am I watching? I am watching Demon Slayer right now. So that's oh. the anime I'm currently watching. Um, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Because I'm a huge sword guy. Hold on. Ugh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've got my like favorite sword here with like my bronze blade. Um, so like I'm a huge oh. sword guy. So Demon Slayer definitely is one of my favorites. What's your uh, what's your top? What's your number one? Oh, it's Death Note, hundred uh, percent. Death Note was sure. my first anime I watched, and it was the one that like I just fell in love with. Um, Naruto is a very close. Like I can't say maybe Death Note isn't above Nar- Naruto Shippuden because uh, Shippuden made me cry. Death Note didn't make me cry, but Naruto Shippuden made me cry a couple of times. So like, eh, yeah. Either one I could talk about for hours. <laughs> Very nice, very nice, man. I, that yeah, people don't realize how emotional though anime gets sometimes, man. Shit gets oh. intense, man, and it draws you in really good at the same time. Because they know how to tell stories. Yeah, very they know true. To tell very stories. True. That's why people who like good wrestling they like anime too, because if you know how to tell a good story and you like good stories, you like anime and you like pro wrestling. Absolutely, 
That's very. That's, that's, a, that's a great a good analogy. Point. Yeah. Great analogy. <laughs> but uh, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it over to Dan O'Mac. So recently, um, we had a little friendly wager with Don Holland, who is probably the biggest DTA fan, and we love Don. We love what he does. We've said that on the podcast, and we have an amazing respect for for DTA as a group. And I've said this before when I interviewed Adam. You and Adam are my two favorite in the group. Um, and I said this last episode when we had Jack on. My favorite match at RPW, the last show where they had the tag tournament, was you and Jack versus Logan and Zach. And I know there was all those big-name teams that was in that tournament, but <clears throat> and you guys kind of last second um, taking that spot for DTA. And I thought you guys put on a hell of a match, even though I flicked you off when you came out, but that's all right. But that bet we had Donald Holland, you know, he right away went and bought a, a, um, Logan and a Zach Thomas shirt, but I went ahead and bought myself. I was, say, I was like, I can see the fucking outline yeah. there. So, the, uh, and that's just my respect for you. Cause I've told you this, we've had a lot of conversations recently. I wasn't a fan of you at first. And I think yeah. that had a lot to do with, me going against the grain, everybody was a DTA fan, so I wasn't a DTA fan. But you've <clears throat> you've gained my respect as a wrestling fan for what you do inside the ring. And some of the things that I want to talk about with you is some interesting facts that I've seen you put up recently. One is your 2022 wrestling goals. There was a few things on there that intrigued me um, that I think are going to be very interesting. One of the matches that you're looking about having in 2022 was – was someone that you've talked about on this episode was your max with Alex Shelley that you want. Um, I hope that happens sooner than later for you in 2022. I think the two of you styles are going to put on one hell of a match. And I hope someone books that sooner rather than later, because I want to see Alex Weir versus Alex Shelley. I hope so too. The other match that really intrigues me on that one that I love to see Alex versus Alex, but I want to see you and Isaiah more. Ah, that geez. might be one I want more than you and Alex Shelley. Bro, I don't know why that, that hasn't been booked yet. To be honest, that is the one match that I'm like, bro, how, how hasn't this been booked? Like, you we're around each other on the same shows all the time. Like, why haven't hasn't this match been booked yet? Um, and I talk with Isaiah about it all the time. Like, bro, like, why haven't we worked with each other yet? Um, so we're just waiting. Um, it's, it's apparently booked eventually. Uh, from what I hear is that match will be happening in April. Um, as far as me and Shelly, me and Shelly have stepped in the ring together in 2019 at IPW in November. Um, there was a five-on-five tag match. It was Team Josh Raymond versus DTA. And for at least a minute and a half of that, it's just me and Shelly in the ring. That was the first time I ever met him. Um, and since then me and him have been like, have clicked. We, we click, we will talk for hours about wrestling. Um, I've trained with him a couple of times and I, I can tell you that every time I trained with him, I came back with like new knowledge every single time. And so I know, I know wrestling him, like it's going to fucking it's, I don't want to wrestle him somewhere shitty either. Like, I'm not trying to wrestle him in one of these Michigan shindies that thinks they're hot shit, you know, like fucking Rachel Green talking about how Horace Lamb's the best promoter. It's not. Um, it's not, you don't even fucking film your show. So how can you be the best promotion in Michigan? Um, right. <laughs> I, uh, fun fact, I was driving home with Jason Hotch from, uh, warrior last night. And I was like, I've got this interview tomorrow. So let's see who I end up shooting on because that always ends up any podcast I have. There's going to be a moment where I start shooting on people. So I guess Rachel's the target right now. And Horace Lamb is. And the only reason I say that is because, um, have you seen my fucking match shared for January 13th yet by Horace Lamb? Cause I didn't. Um, I've known that that match, I've had the flyer sitting there in my inbox for at least two months. Uh, they haven't shared shit. Um, I had to share it, cut a promo, cut my own fucking thing for it. Um, after I wrestled Nick, um, got glass in my back. I'm not a death match presser and I got fucking glass in my back. Um, and then, you know, I put on this fucking banger match with Jason Hodge and you like, they don't have the fucking decency to share my flyer for the next show, but they want to talk about like, or they barely shared my flyer for the last show. Um, that just happened. I'm like, bro, fuck off. Like, I'm, and so if me and Shelly were to happen, or even me and Isaiah Moore to happen, it's not going to be at like somewhere like Horace Lamb. Um, I won't let it be if that's going to be the case. Speaking of that promo you cut, that was what I wanted to talk to you next about. Um, 
and I commented on your your post of one of the things that I respect about you is the things that you deserve that you're not given. You've been going out there and taking. You took that match with Hotch. You guys, my opinion, the best match of of, of the year. Um, that's not even an opinion. That's a fact. I don't. I honestly, do, I'm I'm a humble guy. Um, I will tell you that I am a shitty wrestler. Uh, when you said you weren't a fan of me, I was like, bro, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> you probably watched me when I sucked. 2019, I was the most bitter motherfucker to be around when it came to wrestling. Um, and, uh, dude, I, but like, I will go on record and say, if somebody had a better match than me and Jason Hutch in the Midwest, fucking show me. Because crowd reaction, cr- ring aware, like everything about that match was, was the best. Um, and I know Brett fucking Lauderdale, the turtle that he is heard the fucking chants and the crowd erupting from two people that aren't his boys. Um, so that's besides the fact, I'll be interested to see if somebody else fucking says another match was match of the year, because I don't fucking agree with that at all. I I'm humble, but I'm going to say that. No, that I fucking, we earned that one. I 100% agree. And on January 13th, you have that match with Jordan Oliver. And I loved how you told him, don't bring that shit you brought the last show. You want Jordan Oliver's A game. You want everything Jordan Oliver has to offer because, and I told you this in that post, you're going to fuck him up. And that's not me trying to be a mark for you and get on your good side. You are going to fuck that guy up on January 13th (laughs) at Horror Slam GCW. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see that. And continuing on your goals, I know you had your your tangent there of how you feel about that match not being shared. But another person you have on this list that you want to to wrestle in 2022, you got a little taste of it in that six-man tag match, but you said you want to fight Effie. Yeah, I love so, Effie. So with that being said, um, you know, Effie's around a lot for GCW and, Um, he's in town when GCW comes to Detroit and when they come to Chicago, which is somewhere else that you want to wrestle, which I can completely see that happening because, you know, there's a show that is going to be in Chicago in February that you recently wrestled for that promotion. So maybe, Chris, maybe Chris, Chris, Chris don't book me. You were booked. I was, but I was booked as a replacement. Um, I do, I'm not a deathmatch guy. I that's like why I end, I'd never really end up at RPW. Um, I don't know. Chris is where I'll be like, I'll message Chris. I'll be like, Hey man, I'll get you out there. And I'll just sit there. I'll just sit there. I'll say, I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to take another booking. Um, I mean, I would love to come to RPW and I would love to work that Chicago show. Um, I know when ICW comes back to Detroit, there's a possibility. I'm going to just go there to help out. I'm, even if I'm not booked, I'm one of those guys who likes to show up to shows, even there to the not booked. Like I said, I was just at warrior. I've been going to warrior all of last year, not booked on a show. Uh, I just go down there to network because I don't know if you've ever looked at that card. Um, but I met one of my fucking heroes. Um, and I'll, I'll fucking say it like, dude, I met Will Ospreay yesterday and that man came up and shook my hand and, and talked to me for a bit. And that was something I never thought I would ever end up fucking doing. Um, so I love networking. I love going to shows where I'm not booked and I get to network and just meet people. Um, so ICW, I look forward to coming going to ICW when they come to Detroit booked or not. I just go to hang out. Um, only place I won't do that to is GCW. Cause I won't go to GCW until they book me. Um, if you're going to have fucking chase Burnett on your show, you're going to fucking book me. Like <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that simple. You also have on this list. You want to go back to Toronto. I know that's super kicked and I know that's, kind of the second home for DTA. Um, I know you had a, a time recently that you couldn't get out there uh, because of the border and Dude, the borders in like the border is the only reason I can't get back there. Like Chris, like it's not like a thing of like, Oh, I want to get booked there. No, I'm booked there. I just, I can't fucking get across the goddamn bridge. <laughs> um, it just is hard. It's COVID fucking made this whole shit so hard to do. Um, like for some people it's so easy, but, uh, I guess when you drive alone, I got the wrong fucking toll booth and they fucking turn me around. So now it's kind of, you, you got that fear of like confirming a booking and not being able to make it. Um, that's always like my biggest fear when it comes to like, I hate canceling bookings. Um, 
I hate, I hate canceling bookings, but I hate not making it to a booking even more. Like when I had to message uh, Chris and be like, Hey, I can't get into Canada. So I can't be there today. Uh, dude, that was heartbreaking. Um, Cause that's do super kicks. It's not only a home for DTA, bro. That's a home for me. I wasn't associated with DTA when I went to super kicks, they didn't have me. They just had me go out there and do my thing. Um, and that's where I really found myself all of 2019. I had some of my best matches there. Um, crazy fucking matches, crazy atmosphere, a really fucking good locker room to this day. I'm still boys with those guys. Um, so I really just can't, it's like I said, it's not a matter of like, if I can get booked there, I'm, I will be back there and just got to dig a, dig a tunnel or something or get really good at swimming. I guess that's the only way they're going to fucking let me across. You got a pretty big, um, goals for 2022 on this list. You know, you're looking to, um, fight your brother, uh, Bronner. Um, Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, dude, bronner has been killing it lately. Um, that's a dude who fucking... He was like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to – one, he's like, I'm not going to be stuck in Michigan. I'm going to go out. I'm going to travel. He's on the road all the time, and he's doing his shit. He really found himself. Um, I recently just debuted at Paradigm for their UWFI uh, contendership series. Um, I would really like to fight Isaiah and something like that, putting his big, meaty fucking meat slammers of arms against uh, my kicks. Um, I would love to – and just, honestly, I would love to wrestle him that, but I want to wrestle him – as a dude who is like, watch where he's come from to where he is now, his progress is insane. Um, you want to talk about people who have like really drastically improved. Isaiah Bronner has improved immensely. That man found himself. He found who he is. He gets it. His promos are fucking fire. His in-ring work is great. Like when he hits people, it's believable. I can tell you that cause he's hit me before that shit is believable. Um, and he's just a really nice fucking dude to be around. Like he's not a he's not a dude who's a dick. He doesn't snub anybody. He's super cool to be around. So yeah, I would love to wrestle Isaiah in 2022 and uh really kind of mesh that style. That's another thing that you're very good at is storytelling and the promos that you do and the and the effort and the time you put into your promos. You know, that promo you put out for Jordan Oliver. I know that was personal. Not necessarily because of Jordan Oliver, but just the fact that, you know, you you do feel like it's you don't get what everybody. you deserve. It's weird versus everybody. That's my whole thing. I, the shirts are live now uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees, but I'll have them at Horseland versus GCW. Uh, it's weird versus everybody. It's it's where I'm going this year. Um, I don't care who's with me. All I care is who's against me. Right now, it's everything. Weird versus everything. Uh, Weir versus GCW, Weir versus Horse Slam, Weir versus Jordan Oliver. That's what we're running into. Um, because like I said, I I am tired of getting left. I'm tired of being the best wrestler without being allowed to be the best wrestler. I'm not allowed to brag on myself. I'm not allowed to say that I'm the best wrestler in a promo. Oh, I'm not allowed to promote my match over other people's. Like, fuck that, dude. Nobody else in that ring does what I can do. Um, apart from people I can share the ring with and be happy about it. It, I step in the when it's not even when I step on the ring it's when I from the day you confirm a booking for me I am unlike any other person you've you've had work for you I'll share the fuck out of your fire I'm gonna cut a promo with production quality that I do myself I have you know my, my girlfriend Kate records it but I do all the editing I do every all the music I have to buy the music if I need to buy the music um I'll sh- I'll sometimes remake a flyer if I don't like how the flyer is um I'm a self-made product and I consider myself a product. And when you purchase me, I'm a package and I do all this and I always do it for under my rate, which will not be happening in 2022. If you can't pay my rate, fuck you. Um, because you're not going to fucking bring a plumber out to your house and be like, Hey man, light draw. Can't pay you what I said. I was like, fuck that. That I don't know why that's okay in pro wrestling. Um, but it shouldn't be. So let's not have that be a thing in this next year. Um, but from the moment I'm booked to the moment I shake hands with the promoter at the end of the day, to the moment where I send him a thank you message for having me at a show, I'm different. I, I'm different. I'm a professional. I know I am. Um, I try to be the best I can in a locker room. I try to help people who need help. I, and then when I am in that ring, it is 120%, 120% of the time. I never get back from a match thinking, oh, man, I feel like I could do another one. No, dude, I'm crawling to the back. I'm tired. I'm sore. I have this fucking little 
uh, fucking gun on me all the time because it takes a toll on my body. Um, but I do it because I have passion. I have love and I have belief in me. Um, and if nobody else is going to believe in me, fucking I will. Uh, and that's why it's weird versus everything. Well, we respect that. And like I said, you've gained not only my respect, but all the, all the guys respect here. Where can people find you? I need a hat. Where the, when the fuck can I get a hat? Everybody else has a pro wrestling edge hat. I want a goddamn hat. Do we have any more left, Brokowski? Don't let no. me down, Brokowski. Yeah, he's his 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 audio. Yeah, we don't have any left, or you'd have a hat. Son of a bitch. Does hey. does Hosh cheat you about having a hat, and and you don't? No, it's just like everybody else <laughs> has a hat, and I don't I don't have anything. I'm like, bro, I wear hats all the time. I'm wearing a hat right now. Oh my! I don't have a goddamn pro wrestling. I don't even have a wrestling rage hat, bro. And I fucking helped Cody start that shit. So I don't know how the fuck I don't have any of that. Um, Where can we find you everywhere? Twitch, social media. You said TikTok. We actually yeah. just got on TikTok ourselves. So we're, nice. we're testing that out at PWE pod. But where can we find you everywhere? Good question. Um, I am the same handle pretty much everywhere. It's Alex Weir 56009. That is my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok. Uh, my, I mean, my Facebook's me. Um, my Twitch is Alex underscore Weir. Five six zero zero nine, um, because of domain purposes. But that's that's where you can find me. It's that it's my first and last name, fifty six double o nine. You'll be able to find all my socials. Um, and in my socials, there's always going to be a link in the bio. If you click that link, it'll take you to all my other socials as well as my merch store. Um, so that's always a bonus. As well. Or if you're on Pro Wrestling Tees, just search Alex Weir. True that. True that. I'm, I'm popping. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Like I said, we're glad we finally got this worked out. I know we couldn't uh, once before, but we're glad we got you on before we wrapped up the year. And like I told you, our last interview for the year, we got some special stuff that we put out the rest of the year that we did at live events. So um, you're our last interview of the year. So we took it out with a bang. 2022 is going to be your year. Um, you're going to spoke it into existence. It's going to happen. So we appreciate you. And when you blow up in 2022, and we ask you back on, please say yes. Oh, dude, of course, man. There's, if there's one thing I am, I'm loyal. So I will always fucking come to you guys. Well, we appreciate you, man, and we'll be talking to you soon. Awesome. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Peace. 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 So I think we're back. Yeah, we're back now. So, yeah, you're back. Uh, well, actually, we can't see you, but we can hear you right now. So. That's fine. Um. Alex has some strong words and, and I think he is um, fully confident what he has. And I think he has a right to have his opinions on everything. Hell so. yeah, he does. He, he's worth every damn cent. Absolutely. All of them are. Yeah. He's going to, he's, he's going to fucking pull in a GCW horror slam on the 13th. I tell you what, that match is going to be literally the best match on the card. Yeah, I, when that wasn't when he announced that match uh, for that show, I was excited. And I told him, I said, you're going to fuck that guy up. And he called him out. Bring your A game because Alex wants his A game so he can prove that uh, Alex Weir has what it takes. Since uh, we didn't regularly talk beforehand, did anybody do anything? Um, did you guys go on any shows this past weekend or or do anything? I know you guys did a wrestling related. Uh, you, you guys went and supported Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, we went to uh, support Chuck down at the Mall of Monroe there for the Card Con or Card Festival, whatever it was called. But uh, it turned out pretty good. It was a pretty good crowd, surprisingly. It's been a very long time since I've seen that many people in that mall, that's for sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was very surprised at the turnout. It was, it was pretty cool. We got to hang out with Chuck for a little bit. Antonio was there. Big Kaz was there with his girls. We kicked it old school and played some arcade games. Played that arcade still in that mall? No, they got rid of that one. This is a new one. This right. is like okay. uh, all pinball machines with a couple extra games in there. We we fucked some shit up on some X-Men for a little while. I did. I was the only one that made it to the end. Then I died. <laughs> I tore it up in the Mandalorian pinball machine, though. I fucked some shit up. Nice. I know, Alex is, I know Alex is done for, the, for 2021. I don't believe... 
from last I spoke to him, he wasn't taking any more bookings for the year, just going to finish the year out with his family and stuff. Um, but yeah, we got that January 13th show that Alex will be going up against Jordan Oliver at Horace Land versus GCW. Check out his social media to see where else he's going to be at. Um, that his new shirt's pretty dope, Alex Weir versus everything. So check that out. Um, do we have any other shows this month that we'll be at? IWR, IWR, which is the Wednesday after Christmas. Uh, Gucci, you gonna be at that one, or uh, or you don't know yet with your work schedule? Um, I think regardless, I might just buy GA. I'm gonna show up. Yeah, that uh, hour late, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna do GA. Um, you know, we got Game Changers versus Tommy Dreamer and and Rhino. Uh, Logan versus Madman Fulton. So that's gonna be a good one. So check that one out if uh, if you haven't got tickets yet, go to IWR's Facebook page and it's got the link to the to the uh, site to buy tickets if you want to pre-order your, your tickets. So I think we've lost Brokowski and Jaybird. Tweet, no, tweet, motherfuckers. Here. No, y'all are still good. I can see everything working good. It's yeah, just... you're just kind of froze. Good to see froze to you right now too. Yeah, screen froze, but we got audio, so yeah. It's working. It's working. So, like we said, this is our last interview for 2021. We do have stuff coming out the rest of the year at previous shows that we were at live event. Well, I shouldn't say we. I wasn't there, but when the guys were at some some live events that we'll be putting out some stuff with uh, the return of Flop House in uh, February of 2022. We've got some Flop House stuff coming out uh, in the next month. So. Look for that. And then we've got some big changes coming um, for our return. Some big announcements for Pro Wrestling Edge. It's a new beginning for us. Um, Some fun and exciting stuff coming up for us as a group. So uh, can't wait to fill everybody in on what's coming next in 2022 for us. Not only is Alex, we're going to have a big year. Pro Wrestling Edge is going to have just as big of a year. So. So, any last thoughts from everybody? Nick Gooch, you, uh, you, uh, you got anything? I, I really, man, that was just a really good interview. Is it? Really enjoyed sitting there and talking to him and learning a little bit about his background. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot about him inside and outside of the ring, and uh, yeah, I definitely think twenty twenty two is going to be his year. Jay Bird, you got anything? Yeah, we can't hear him now. Well, technical difficulties, man. Technical yeah, difficulties. They got a month to get that worked out. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're All here. Right. So, uh, Jaybird, you uh, you got anything before we uh, turn this one loose? Oh uh, yeah, Alex Weir is going to be saying tweet tweet when he's in the shower next time. Oh shit. I don't know about that one. Well, what about you, Brokowski? Uh, do you have anything to, uh, for us? <coughs> well, I can just take a sign out, then. That's we'll end it on me here. And 2022 is going to be big things for Pro Wrestling Edge and Alex Weir versus everything. Peace. <laughs>